James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. It's Monday. Again. It's just like it was almost yesterday. It seems like I was saying, oh, it's Monday. We're starting another week. And guess what? It's Monday. We're starting another week. And this week that we're starting, oh, yes, it inches up right up to Christmas. If you insist on waiting till the last minute to go out and start buying your Christmas gifts, okay, up to you. 800-848-WABC is the number to call. If you want to be part of today's program, 800-848-WABC, 800-8489-222. Oh, there is so much, and there was so much. Let us start with Chris Wallace, shall we? Uh, Last night, the story broke. It was Chris Wallace saying that after 18 years, he was uh, doing his final uh, Fox News Sunday yesterday. Rather, it's the last time I say this with real sadness. We will meet like this. 18 years ago, he said the bosses here at Fox promised him they would never interfere with the guest that he booked or question that he asked. They kept that promise. He's been able to, he's been free to report to the best of his ability. Five presidential elections. Every president he's interviewed since George H.W. Bush. And he's also sat down with uh, Francis Emmanuel Macron. And Russia's Vladimir Putin. And he spent Sunday. And now, no more Chris Wallace on Sundays. He's moving over. Almost immediately, the speculation started. If you were at B, uh, BPR, BizPack Review, or American Wire or something, you can see people just automatically saying, where's he going, CNN? Where's he going, CNN? It was like almost immediately. The speculation started, is he going to see? Yeah, well, he is. He's going to CNN streaming, as you may know. I didn't even know what CNN streaming is or whatever it does. I don't watch CNN news that much, only when I'm forced to or there's nothing else available. And so Chris Wallace is now going to be over at CNN. Now, interestingly enough, there are stories today that there's no replacement. Nobody's, you know, there's no front runner for the Chris Wallace job at Fox News. So does that tell me or you or what do you think? Does it doesn't matter? It's just a game anyway that someone at Fox said, hey, Chris, you know, it's been 18 years. We like you, but, uh, you know, yeah. or did Chris come up to to all of this himself and just say, you know, I've had 18 years. It was a good run and I'm done and I'm going to go somewhere else. We don't know what his contract looks like. But abrupt in broadcasting, when, when something happens abruptly, meaning there's no uh, seeming planning for it, I, it could go either way. It could go that, you know, somebody fired you or that you are leaving on your own. And uh, who knows? So, again, who knows? But what are your thoughts on it? I have no clue whether this is a good thing, whether it's a bad thing, whether you think that overall this is going to be um, something that 
impacts Fox negatively, positively? What are your thoughts? Uh, <laughs> Chris Wallace. You know, Rush we should get along with him. He and Rush used to do the interview once a year. They would do a daily interview. And all these people would, would from the, our audience, would just get mad at Chris Wallace. they say he cut Rush off all the time. But Rush liked the interviews that he did with him. So, yeah, by the way, there are thousands of migrants still on the way up. They're clashing with the police in Mexico. That's one headline. Maybe we can get into it. Another headline, maybe we'll have time to look in from the Wall Street Journal, which says that Snapchat and other apps were used to plan flash mob thefts. These are the smash and grabs that have afflicted high-end stores, especially on the left coast of America. The Smollett verdict, interestingly enough, is still generating headlines. One of his fellow actors or actresses, I believe it was an actor, on uh, The Empire. And I've never seen The Empire. I heard it was a great series. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I never was interested in trying to seek it out. Uh, but one of his fellow actors on The Empire, co-star Terrence Howard, says that hate the, his hate crime hoax could have gotten very scary ugly. And, you know, that's something to consider. At the time, not that we know that it was fake, but what if it were not proven to be a fake? In other words, what if Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett were smarter and had been able to actually pull off the hoax instead of doing such amazingly, uh, perhaps not as intelligent things to bring attention to the facts that it was a hoax? What if it was believed that two white guys wearing MAGA hats, two Trump-supporting MAGA white supremacists in Chicago had put a noose around his neck and poured bleach on him and done all sorts of other things? Now, this story from American Newswire, American Wire News, AmericanWireNews.com. New York's Hochul issues hysteria-driven mask or vax mandate, including hefty fine for still struggling business. And that was on Friday. She ordered all offices, restaurants, shops, other retail outlets across the state to require staff and customers to show proof of vaccination or to wear masks. Or face a $1,000 fine. Who is this woman? I heard Rudy talking about it. And he's when he was absolutely right, I made the point as well last week, she is unelected by anybody. No one elected her governor of this state. And for her to con- continue, what is wrong with Democrat Party women? You look at this woman, the, the the woman out in Massachusetts, Gretchen the Witchner or, or whatever in Whitmere. This woman, the one in Arizona. It's like they found the Karen of Karens. They elect the Karens, or in this case, an unelected Karen, put her in charge, 
and then watch her just continue to act like she's the Lord Queen Protectorate and just put her draconian stamp on everything without regard to consequence. Who is this woman, Hokel? And I hope, well, we'll see. New York is having an election. We shall see. Now, I thought this was a, uh, you know, I I read Charles Blow's column. I don't know why. I read it every week or a few times. According to Charles Blow, we're edging closer to civil war. Now, you let some Republican come out and start talking about, oh, civil war, civil war, this. The left, the, the left goes nuts. They they would accuse you immediately of trying to foster such an activity, of being a conspiracy theorist, of, of wanting something that's terrible for the country, of encouraging violence, whatever. They, the litany of complaints. But this is Mr. Blow's take. We are edging for a civil war. Why do you think that Mr. Blow thinks that we're going in the direction of a civil war. Would it be over these vaccine mandates? No. Would it be over the liberals and their insistence that they have the right to shut down businesses that they could never, have never known how to operate? No. It's over abortion. That's why Mr. Blow believes that we are edging closer as a country towards civil war. And as one might expect in the New York Times, he goes back to slavery and uses, you know, makes it a racial matter too. Maybe I'll check that, check into that in a little bit. There's a story in the New York Times today that might be of some interest. I'm sorry, Washington Post, wrong one. They, I confuse them easily. They, it's about the same. Read one, one's the Post, one calls itself the Washington Post, the other calls itself the New York Times. It's the same slant. It's another opinion piece. It says there's a lot for conservatives to embrace in critical race theory. The question is, what should we do with it? Who's we? There was a story at Fox News this morning, and I'm still trying to unravel this one. It was a Texas school board making an attempt to to censure two of their conservative members, and this this whole thing turned nasty, arrest, arrest. I read a story. I don't have it. I didn't print this one. I'll go find it. If I don't do it today, I'll do it tomorrow. Maybe Mark Stein and I will chat about it tomorrow. That school board association that colluded with the Joe Biden White House to call parents domestic terrorists, there are still members of that school board association that are dropping out, so much so that the entire organization may be at risk financially because of the dues that are being carried with them. Ah, of course, the story over the weekend Another aspect on the Cuomo case over at CNN, where Chris Wallace is going, another CNN employee in trouble. 
This one, veteran producer John Gifford, who worked for Chris Como, arrested last week on charges of allegedly luring young girls, <clears throat> young girls <clears throat> under age, young girls to his ski getaway in Vermont for lessons, get this, for lessons in submission and sexual training. CNN makes one wonder what is going on in that place. Well, those are just some of the stories that are flowing around out there in the news cycle today. Your calls are most welcome. Lines are already filling up almost full. And uh, so, if you want to join us, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, if you can get through, please do give us a call, and we will be back right after this. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air, 77 WABC. You know, look at that calendar, folks. Twelve days. You know what that means? It's time for that song, the, you know, the 12 days of Christmas and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Twelve days. Look at the calendar. Coming quicker than you. If you are not doing your shopping yet, oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, let, hey, Rich, let's start with the phones a little bit early today. I see a lot of people want to talk about Chris Wallace. Where should we start? All right. Good afternoon, James. And let me just say um, so yeah, we're doing a yeah. new hot hit for Christmas is uh, the 12 Days of Christmas at the Trailer Park. So I don't know if you've seen that video yet or heard I have that not song. seen the 12 Days of Christmas at the Trailer Park, well, Rich. it begins with uh, the first day of Christmas my true love gave to me a Big Mac and a sweet tea. <laughs> so and it goes from there. So okay, bunch of great guys doing that video there. All right, all right. Let us begin at Staten Island and speak with Gail. Gail, welcome WABC Talk Radio seventy seven. James Golden, aka Snurly. What's up, Gail? Hello, Gail. Are you there, Gail? Well, Gail, it's been lovely chatting with you. All right, let's stay on Staten Island and go to John. John, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. What's up? Well, Mr. Golden, hey, I, I hate to tell you, but uh, I have the McDonald's app. I'm not promoting McDonald's, but Mariah Carey has 12 days of Christmas. And today you had the, McDo uh, the Big Mac for a dollar purchase. I enjoyed myself. So did you also have, wait, did you also have the sweet tea with it? No, I got a high C orange. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that almost ran. Wait a minute. A McDonald's and a high C. Okay. That, yeah. You're still in the spirit. <laughs> but uh, my point with Chris Wallace is uh, he is supposed to be a top-rated reporter or, you know, debater or whatever. Didn't this guy go back to YouTube in 2017 after Charleston and President 
Trump denounced every supremacist. Not yes, and didn't he blame Trump, President Trump? For, yes, he did. He asked him, he asked him if, he, if he denounces it. What a stupid thing to do if you don't even look into researching it. He was a ploy. He's a CNN hack. He's just like Hillary. Hillary well, he's uh, over it. He will be. He will be over at CNN now, CNN Plus, and let us wish him well in his new ventures. Especially if you no longer have to watch him. John, thanks for the call. We are pl- privileged, ladies and gentlemen, to have with us, and this is her second appearance on our program, and we couldn't be more pleased. Miranda Devine. Now, Miranda's book, I tell you, is because I have a book out. I check the charts every day. And I know you're not supposed to do that. You're disappointed. But Miranda's book is flying, flying off the shelves. Laptop from hell. And we had a caller the other day who said he was having problems getting it in the store. And I told him, you go online and you keep looking until you order your copy and get it now. Because, folks, this is going to be one of the hottest books, not of this year. It will bleed into next year and be one of the hottest books of next year, too. Laptop from Hell, the author, Miranda Devine. Welcome, Miranda. How are you? Oh, thanks so much, James. You are so generous, and your book is fabulous and also flying off the shelves. Oh, thank you, Miranda. I saw you in an interview, and I just said, okay, I'm going to keep this really simple because I don't want to talk and try to dig off through Miranda. Tell us what you found. Why did you write this book? What did you find the most important thing that people need to know about the laptop from hell? Look, I wrote it because Rudy Giuliani had given us the laptop last um, last year. Three weeks before the election, we ran um, the first story written by Emma Jo Morris in the New York Post. And that story was immediately censored by big tech, by the rest of the media. And um, Joe Biden's campaign just tried to ignore it. And then you had uh, John Brennan and James Clapper and all those characters from the intelligence community who had uh, were responsible for a large part of spreading the steel dossier Russia hoax against President Trump. They were all involved. They were all in it. The fix was in. And I just felt that the only real way that uh, the American people would be able to see the full truth about, about basically about Joe Biden, what sort of person he is, um, the really destructive um, influence peddling operation that he and his grifter family had been running uh, around the world starting when he was vice president, but he had been running this kind of influence peddling operation from Delaware since he became a senator four decades ago. So um, he makes out that he is, you know, humble, lunch pail, Joe Biden from Scranton, the poorest man in Congress, etc., etc. He lives a champagne lifestyle and so does his entire family. They are the absolute embodiment of white privilege. And what they have done is, um, is damage America's national interest through greed. And uh, we know, particularly with China, but also with Russia, that 
Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, whose laptop this is that he abandoned in a MacBook repair shop in Delaware, Hunter Biden, who was a crack addict, was swimming in the inner sanctum, the very top of the inner sanctum of both uh, both Vladimir Putin in Russia and President Xi Jinping in China. And they were making money from selling Joe Biden's name. And Joe Biden was also in on the fix. And we know that not just from the laptop, but from the other pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, which include Tony Bobulinski, um, American hero, a patriot, a former, you know, a naval veteran and a, a a successful businessman in his own right who got caught up in this Biden mess and was was deputized by Joe Biden to sort of run the the latest joint venture with China and it all went pear-shaped and uh before the election Tony Bobulinski stood up and he gave he told the American people what was going on and he gave the contents of his phones, all his documents and WhatsApp messages and so on with Hunter and his partners and Joe Biden. Um, and he gave them to the FBI. I also had a copy. And that's why the book is more than the laptop. It's uh, Tony Bobulinski. And it's also that great Senate inquiry into the finances that was going in from China and Russia and elsewhere that was going into the um, the Biden family coffers and their partners. Now, you have laid out, these are very serious allegations. When you say that there has been, not just with Hunter Biden, but proof that the entire family, well, not the entire family, but many members of the family have benefited from pretty much selling and exploiting Joe Biden's political office as vice president, and we assume now as president, that this would cause members, the honest members of the FBI, the Department of Justice, and also relevant congressional agencies tasked with oversight to take a closer look, even though, as you said this story was pretty much expunged by social media and ignored by mainstream press outlets in the lead-up to the last election. What has been the reaction, if any, number one, that you have received personally or not, or that have been in the mainstream press since your book has gone to publication? Well, first off, we know that the FBI and that authorities in Delaware are investigating Hunter Biden and uh, also his uncle Jim Biden, who's Joe's younger brother, who is also in on this scheme. Um, and whether it be for, you know, tax evasion uh, or tax issues, which Hunter Biden himself has admitted that investigation is going in, going on, but also his foreign dealings um, and money laundering is another allegation. So we know those inquiries are going on. We don't know what will come of those. But we also, I, I've been told that um, after the 2022 midterms that um, if the Republicans do take back the Senate and the House, that there will be proper investigations into the revelations, um, you know, that I cover in my book. Um, and 
we, you know, Chuck Grasley and Ron Johnson, two Republicans who did that inquiry last year, they did a really good job and they had access to Treasury Department documents showing, uh, you know, the money trail, tens of millions of dollars or at least millions of dollars, uh, you know, six million here, 1.5 million here coming in from China and Russia into bank accounts associated with Hunter Biden's partners. Now, um, they did a great job, but they were traduced as being agents of the Kremlin. The Democrats quite successfully muddied them up and made the whole their whole investigation uh, appear, or you know, to to the media that were willing to to accept that uh, to be some sort of Russian disinformation operation, just the same as the New York Post story. So. The Democrats are working very, very hard to discredit anything that comes out about this very damaging story about Joe Biden. I mean, the media has sort of known that Joe Biden's been running this, you know, basically profiting off his name and his um, you know, immense power that he had as vice president. Um, it's been, a lot of it's been out in the open, um, but there's never been any real evidence. And the laptop and Tony Bobulinski and the Grasley Johnson report gives evidence, actual concrete evidence that is enough at least to have people subpoenaed and brought in to testify. And I think it's an important story because Joe Biden lied to the American people. Um, there's evidence, ample evidence, uh, that when he said, I know nothing about my son Hunter Biden's um, overseas business dealings. He said that many times during the campaign. There is ample evidence, uh, unimpeachable evidence that that is not true, um, that he met with Hunter Biden's business partners from Ukraine, from Russia, from China, from Kazakhstan, from Mexico. Um, and, he, and in fact, the White House admitted that he did go to that dinner at this Italian restaurant uh, in Georgetown, in Washington, D.C., um, when in 2015, when he was vice president. And he met th Hunter's business partners from three countries there, from uh, Ukraine, from Russia, and from Kazakhstan. Now, he, the White House actually admitted to the Washington Post, not to ask because they never answered me or, you know, the New York Post, but they uh, answered the Washington Post, which was trying to do a fact check on my story. And they said, yes, Joe Biden did go to that dinner at Cafe Milano, but he was only there for a very short time and he, he did not go for any nefarious purposes. So the story changes depending on how much they think they can get away with denying. Okay, let me ask you a question about that, because you now have Joe Biden meeting with these heads. Is, has Hunter Biden ever registered as a lobbyist for a foreign government? No, not that we know. Uh, and he did, um, there are emails saying that he, he kind of was aware that there was some sort of uh, legal responsibility, but he was saying, you know, we need to do this so that I, I don't have to, or so that we don't have to register. Um, uh, but... You know, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of that law, and and really that that law, the the foreign agent registration law, um, came into being um, you know, many years ago, many decades ago, and was hardly ever used. But it was it was brought out and dusted off during the Trump administration, so that um, some of the people that worked for him, like you know Manafort, like Paul Manafort, exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Could could be damaged, could be, you know, charged with something. So what's good for the goose is good for the gander. I mean, if, if there's a law like that on the books, um, I, you know, it seems to my untutored non-legal eye um, that that there, there should be cause for at least an investigation into that, and I understand there is one. Um, but, but, you know, former prosecutors, uh, lawyers who have looked at the material on the laptop um, tell me that there's evidence of multiple alleged crimes on there that should be looked into. And we know that the FBI has had the laptop since 2019, we know that Hunter Biden lost, uh, in his own words, um, at least two other laptops. And people sort of are sceptical about, you know, why would he lose his laptop? Why would he be so reckless? He was a crack addict. And he has admitted that in his own memoir. And I mean, there's so much evidence of it photographically and every other way on the laptop uh, and, and from evidence from people I've talked to who knew him during that time. Um, you know, he, he had, it was in the grips of a powerful addiction and no one would, would, you know, wish that on their worst enemy, but that is the fact. And he just wasn't able to function as a, a proper human being during a lot of the period covered in that nine years that's, um, that's the laptop covers. That's most of Joe Biden's vice presidency. He just, he couldn't answer, you know, Phone messages, he couldn't answer emails, uh, all, all his sort of daily, he couldn't pay his alimony on time, he couldn't pay his bills on time, all the sort of daily uh, operating things that the rest of us have to go through um, was done for him by others. And he spent weeks on end on benders, he loved to go to the Chateau Marmont in Los Angeles and in his own in his own memoir, he writes about what he called an ant trail of drug dealers and hookers, prostitutes that used to come through his hotel room and uh, steal everything inside. They'd steal the towels. They would, you know, steal the pillows. They'd steal the sheets. They would they would order uh, Dom Perignon on uh, on his cab. Uh, they they would steal his wallet. They would steal his phones. There's so many. Um, you know, evidence on the laptop showing that he had to keep on going to the Apple store to replenish his supplies. So money was no object, but it was just, I guess, a nuisance for him to keep on buying new laptops and new phones. But that was how reckless and um, disorganized he was during that period. So it's not really a surprise that he would have lost three laptops. Well, the book is Laptop from Hell, Miranda Devine, this is the perfect Christmas gift for those that want to stay in the know current events. Please check it out. It is on Barnes and Noble, burning up the charts. It's Amazon. You can find it under several categories. It is wherever you can find and purchase great books. It is going to be one of the most important books in the political world. Not only is this year wraps up, but next year laptop from hell. Miranda, please come and join us again and uh, as, the, as the story progresses, okay? All right. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you, James. Lovely to talk to you as always, Miranda. Thank you. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, with you here at WABC. We're back after this. Talk Radio 77 WABC. The holidays, my friends, are here. You know, this is the time of year that many of us pause. We reflect on our own lives. We realize how truly blessed we are. And it's also the time to help make a difference. 77 WABC is teaming with the Cohen Children's Medical Center. They're a proud partner 
of the Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. I learned a lot about uh, Cohen Hospital today. There was a meeting today, a pre-meeting uh, for the Radiothon that we're going to be doing on Friday. And I, I tell you, I was so impressed with what I learned about this hospital, uh, and you will be too. You know, often we're asked to give to causes, and we give, and we say, yeah, I really do hope that this money goes to a good purpose. This is something that you don't have to doubt. You do not have to doubt that your giving is going to do something to help make life better for children who are desperately in need of medical attention. And some of these cases are really difficult. Let me start by saying this about the meeting today. One of the things that I learned in the meeting today was that there is no child in need of medical help brought to this hospital that will be denied service. Every child that shows up in need of medical attention and they're dealing with over 500,000 cases of children that are coming in, some of them in desperate need of medical attention. And they're not asked, well, where's your insurance card? Do you have this? Do you? They get the care that they need. And some of it is life-changing and life-saving care. Okay, so we are holding the third annual Radiothon for the kids this Friday. That happens December 17th, this Friday. All of the money that we raise is going to stay right here. It will benefit the children in the New York area, the greater New York area, not just New York City, and their families. It's going to stay right here. It's going to help the community and because it's going to be part of the community. This year, if you're looking to find a gift for someone. This is a gift that has a lot of meaning. Life-saving care, equipment, pediatric research, child life services. What does that mean, child life services? Here's a service. Let's say your child is going through chemo. One of the most difficult things that children face in chemo is being comfortable. They have special chairs that are set up for these chemo children that make them comfortable while they are battling for their lives. And the Cohen Center needs five new chairs this year. That's one of the things we'll be talking about Friday. But there's so much more. Pediatric research. Look, download the 77 WABC app. Listen to hear more about how you can help this coming Friday, December 17th. But you don't have to wait. Right now, you can text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 51555 and begin donating. Join Cohen Children's Medical Center and 77 WABC. Let's make this a really special holiday season for the children in the most need. We can do this, folks. Difference. Make a difference for the holidays. Knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. You better watch out. You better not try. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. 
And it might just be you. <laughs> There's a story, uh, another one from BizPack today that I read. And, and this one made me made my heart sink a little bit. Um, written by uh, Missy Housley. Um, Black Lives Matter activists tell students misogyny, white supremacy, capitalism are to blame for their problems. And we don't have to go through the whole thing. You got the gist. This was at a school in Indianapolis they were invited to. And this is some of the things they're telling students there that that um, they told the students that they live in a misogynistic, masculine society and that our society claims that women should stay home to cook and clean and that as black women, they're overlooked a lot. <laughs> and um, that black people don't have the same opportunities as white people and, and you know, and and one of the speakers says that she had to re- retain her anger, learn how to do it, because when you start learning about white supremacy and capitalism, how it really harms black and brown people, this is the kind of stuff that our children are being inundated with at schools. And this happened in the Midwest, and this is the kind of stuff that needs pushing back on. Speaking of pushing back, uh, there's an IHOP that pretty much blamed their staffing problems on Joe Biden policies, and that set off a firestorm on Twitter. I'm going to hold, I've made an executive decision, I'm going to hold the We're Edging Closer to Civil War column today by Charles Blow until we speak with Mike with with Mark Stoying tomorrow, America's undocumented anchorman, because this one is, it's a wowee story. Meanwhile, let's head back to the telephones. Rich, where do we go? All right, let us begin in Manalapan, New Jersey, and say hi to Mike. Manalapan, New Jersey, Mike, WABC, welcome. What's on your mind? Hey, how are you doing, Bo? Um, I heard you with uh, Rush, so appreciate it. Um, also, I'm talking, calling about Chris Wallace. Uh, yeah. I'm a Republican, but I'm also not an extreme Republican or far right. And uh, I listen to all channels as long as I can. <laughs> okay. Chris Wallace being gone from Fox, it, it couldn't, good riddance. I mean, that guy lost all respectability with his debates. He didn't have the stones to ask Biden the real questions. He'd ask Trump, but he wouldn't ask Biden. He wouldn't let Biden speak. And you know what? He lost all credibility, and he's just a sniveling uh, snake. Belongs over at CNN. They're failing ratings. And uh, like I said, good riddance. And the guy either lost a step or lost direction in life or lost what it means to be a true journalist when he really could have taken advantage of the debate and really stepped up and said, hey, I represent Fox. I represent all Americans. I'm going to ask questions to both people and let them both answer and make them both answer. So. Wow. Pretty amazing, man. What a great analysis you have. And one day I want you to call back and let us talk about what it means to be an extreme Republican as opposed to your being a Republican. I notice you're not saying that you're a rhino, but you still, you're not, I'm not one of those far, far right guys. And what, what, what I mean by that, Bo, I'll give you an example. Uh, my wife listens to a general. And he says, you know, masks should be mandated not to be worn by kids because it's child abuse. And we have a seven, five, and two-year-old. And I told her, I said, 
I said, he's as much of the problem as the left is. I said, all I want is a choice for our kids. I don't care if someone wears a mask. I don't care if someone doesn't wear a mask. I just want to have a choice. I don't want someone to be forced not to wear a mask. American society is about having a choice and making your own decision based on your own, you know, education, uh, philosophy, studies, religion, whatever it may be. But you have a choice. You're never forced to do anything. And I mean by being a, you know, Republican. I'm not. I got you. I believe in uh, business and everything. So keep it up. Thank you. And you're a wonderful guy. Thank you. I hope you have a great holiday season. I hope you call us back sometime soon. Thank you. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with you here at WABC. Last break coming up and then rapid phone. So don't you dare go away. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, is on 77 WABC. Every time I hear this introduction, I think I'm getting ready to hear a cool jerk by the Capitals. But it's Stevie. Stevie Wonder with us on WABC Talk Radio 77 as we celebrate the Christmas, the holiday season, 2021. It's time for Rapid Phones. Let's get in as many calls as we can. What we need you to do, folks, is get right to your point. And where do we start, Rich? Let us go back to Gail in Staten Island. Gail, welcome again. We hope uh, we can hear you this time. What's up, Gail? Good afternoon. Kathy Hochul and her mask mandates. A few months ago, she asked people to be the apostles and spread the word about the vaccines. This is a woman that would take In God We Trust off our paper currency so fast, people's heads would spin. Now they want to make New York City the abortion state of the United States, where everybody can come and get an abortion. What a BS she is. Another power-hungry mongrel. Thank you for your call. Where do we go next, Rich? Let's go to New York and speak with Kurt. Kurt, welcome to WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. What's up? How you doing, buddy? Hey, I put my son to the ground this week. He committed suicide due to these mass mandates. And here we go again. What's the real story? Who are they killing? Who are they saving these mass mandates? I... I am so sorry to learn that this happened to your family. And my gosh, you must be going through hell right now. Absolute hell. Absolute hell. Who is behind all of this? You have to say, now masks again? For three years my son wore a mask? No hope? And for what? Here we go. Who is it killing? Kurt, I want you to call us back and I want you to stay in touch with us. I know it sounds empty to some people, but the best that we have are prayers and hopes that you and your family will find comfort. You are going through hell, but there are a lot of people who will stand by you and who will be willing to reach out and be a part of your life. So, Kurt, please give us a call back. Stay in touch. And you are asking a very relevant question. We really do need the answer to who is behind all of this. How did all of this happen? This is a relevant question that remains unanswered so far, and it needs to be answered. Thank you for calling, Kurt. God bless you, my friend. Where are we going next, Rich? We're going to go over to Rigo Park and say hi to Dan. Dan, welcome. WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdling. Even though Miranda is the number one rated book, she's still preaching to the choir. Now, she's got to be 
interviewed on 60 Minutes some of those venues, and it'll only happen when those venues are sick and tired of Biden. And the sooner the better. All right. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate the call. Where do we go next, Rich? Next, next, next up, let's go to New Jersey and say hi to Carol. Carol, welcome. Time's running short. What do you have for us? Oh, yes. Hi. Um, I can't think of a better thing than to speak to you and listen to Miranda Devine on my birthday. Today is my birthday. Happy birthday, Carol. Oh, thank you so much, James. I always enjoy listening to you. Thank um, you. I mean, I think Miranda knows Hunter Biden better than his own father does. I think she knows more about him than his own father does. That could be, and what we're learning isn't a pretty picture. I'll tell you that, Carol. Listen, Carol, I hope that you have the best birthday of your life. I hope the people that love you embrace you and make you happy and do everything to show how much they appreciate you tonight. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, Carol. Call us again. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. And where do we go next? Let's go out to the island and say hi to Paul. Thank you, Paul. What's up? What's on your mind, Paul? Hey, James. Uh, Justice Smollett, if he would have been a little bit smarter to hire two white guys and pay them a little bit better, he would have been able to pull this thing off with no problems whatsoever. <laughs> Paul, amazing, amazing. And right to the point on that, look, folks, winding down time today. It's Monday. This week is going to fly by. Friday is our radiothon. And please be here and support that with us as we support the children of New York that are in most desperate need. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, with you here. I am so happy to be home on WABC. We are the crown jewel of American radio. New York City, all of us. That means Pennsylvania, Connecticut, New Jersey, and New York. This is the greatest city in the world. That's us, folks. We can do anything. We're in the greatest nation humanity has ever witnessed. America. God bless. Protect each and every one of you and your families. Back tomorrow. Bye.